I'm Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. I'm Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. This is Mike White at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome, guys, uh, to the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer podcast, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Uh, today we're talking about movie theater experiences. It's actually the sequel to, I think it was like our fifth episode, like pre-Mike. Yeah, we so I, young. Um, I was yeah. going to say, this is my first attempt at it. Right. And I'm, Ooh, I'm looking We were so to young. It. We were. Yeah. I was listening to it a little bit this morning, and it was like... I can't remember the circumstances of it, but it was like one of those days where we, it took like we referenced it in the episode, but it's like it took us an hour just to set up to get it to get it set up. I think it was because we had our USB microphones into one laptop, and we couldn't figure out how to get two two microphones to work on the same laptop, and it was just a big cluster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but better days are here. Um, we're professionals now. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> I'm also not the only one who's here for the first time. Right. Theater experiences, too. We have a guest today. It is Craig Lane from the Intermission Podcast. Uh, hey, Craig. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Uh, I've been looking forward to this episode ever since you've been uh, kind of teasing it to me. But, yeah. you know, always love talking about my theater stories. Right. And you used to, you used to work in a theater? Correct. Yeah, I spent... Yeah. Several years nice. um, in the theater business, I guess. You know, everything from shoveling popcorn to <laughs> fixing movie projectors. That's awesome. Cool. Very yeah, cool. we're looking forward to hearing your stories, and we're glad to have you on. Um, as as I referenced earlier, you're from the Intermission Podcast, which is a podcast I listen to all the time. Um, we always talk back and forth about it, and it's it's uh, fun to have. Great to have you finally on. Um. So I guess for movie theater experiences, I guess I'll I'll get things kicked off if you guys sure. don't mind. Um, cool. Set the example. Yeah, a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, well, my first story is it in, it involves a movie that that we referenced in the guilty pleasures movie episode, um, <clears throat> and also deals with when I was a theater employee myself. Um, I, I spent about four months <clears throat> in high school working at the local movie theater that's now gone. Um, but I worked for, I was just basically like mostly concession. I rarely did any ushering, but, um, as anyone who works in the movie theater job arena knows uh a lot of times they will air they'll screen movies after after it to check the reels and all that so i got to see a number of movies kind of just by myself after after work um and one of them was the village which was interesting because at the time i was a pretty big m night Shyamalan fanboy and what makes it funny is that 
I was in the business of writing reviews on IMDb, and I remember vividly writing in the review the phrase M. Night Shyamalan's latest masterpiece. Oh. <laughs> Let Which, me ask you this. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me, um, The Village was kind of the first movie, the first M. Night Shyamalan movie I was aware was M. Night Shyamalan. Like, I didn't go into signs thinking that this was going to be an M. Night Shyamalan masterpiece. Like, I was aware <laughs> of M. Night Shyamalan, and I had seen Unbreakable, and I had seen uh, The Sixth Sense, but The Signs kind of hit me. The Signs was what made me want to see uh, The Village. Is that true for you, or did you go into Signs uh, a huge fan of M. Night Shyamalan? I or was this your first major Shyamalama moment? <laughs> um, signs was probably it for me, because I, I saw The Sixth Sense and liked it and then i got unbreakable and i think part of it was just i was a really really big into collecting dvds so like i had like the sixth sense and unbreakable and they released them in the vista series like two disc uh folding out kind of packaging and stuff and it looked really cool and so when signs came out i was like super pumped about it and i actually really liked signs i still think it's probably his best movie um and then when The Village came out, I was really, really pumped about it. And I am not above admitting that my uh, naive review of it was uh, probably due to just my fandom. Because um, I just recently rewatched it, and it doesn't really hold up that well at all, really. <laughs> um, shocker. So, so did you get any type of feedback from your review? Uh, yeah, actually, someone someone called me out on on uh, on the message board saying uh, saying like masterpiece. Um, <laughs> you just lost all your cred. Exactly. Everything <laughs> you worked for is gone. Exactly. I was. Actually, I think you should. I think you should post a uh, retrospective review on the website. I thought about doing that. I, I, I thought about must. doing like a whole series on like because I reviewed a bunch of movies um, mm-hmm. back in high school. That I think it would be fun to dig them up and then rewatch the movies and kind of give two perspectives. It'd be like time travel for movie reviews. I um, could give you I could give you a review I wrote for my high school newspaper about the Amityville horror. Oh, nice! Uh, the uh, Ryan Reynolds, the scariest movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that review when we were roommates. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, it could be like a whole series, the uh, a finite series, but, but anyway, to get back to the main topic, um, the theater experience was really cool. Cause it was the first time I'd like seen a movie just completely by myself. Cause they were screening and, and checking, um, uh, checking the copy or whatever of, of another movie. And then one of the, one of the managers was just like, Oh, Hey, you know, we got the village. Do you want to watch it? And I don't even think they needed to screen it or anything. They were just like, Hey, we're going to be here anyway. I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Eminem Shyamalan fan. Um, so it was kind of cool to just watch it because a it was the first time I'd ever watched a movie just completely alone in a theater. So I, I really liked that, and plus it was a movie that, um, I had been anticipating, and also at the time I was reviewing, so I was really excited to like have a review written the day that it came, the morning that it was released. Um, even though it was just really, um, embarrassing, uh, 
in terms of the review. So, so was it just you and one other guy in the theater as you watched that the movie? First no. Time? Oh, no. It was just me. And then oh. the rest of the employees who stayed over, they were in another theater checking another thing. Gotcha. I think there was like three people total, um, and they were just off on their own. So not much of an experience then. It really wasn't. It was just more. <laughs> <laughs> it was just more exciting because it was just. I mean, as as a movie fan and someone who loves the movie theater, it was just cool to see a movie in a different way than I'm accustomed to in a, in a theater setting. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. I was just pulling her leg, man. Right, right. Yeah. Um, f- you tiny. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so it was it was cool. So, um, Craig, how about how about you? What uh what kind of theater experience do you uh, do you have for us? Well, it, it's kind of funny that you talk about pre-screening movies because that's really the whole motivation I had for uh, starting up MovieGuys dot org. Oh, nice. Um, so at that point in my life, you know, we were watching every new movie days before they came out. And, you know, we always said it was to check and make sure they were put together all right. But, I mean, really, that's kind of a cop-out. You know, it's just, a, it's just an excuse to watch the movies. Of course. Because if, <laughs> if you've got a good projectionist, there's no need to watch it beforehand. Nice. But um, probably my most memorable moment watching a movie after hours um, was actually Josh and I, Josh being uh, one of the other members of the Intermission podcast. Right. Uh, we stayed over and we watched the movie Gamer. I don't know if you remember oh, Gamer. Gerard Butler. Vividly uh, remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah um, I believe Frankie Muniz was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the, the particular theater that uh, this happened in at the time, we were convinced it was haunted anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there at 3 o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> for some reason the projector didn't want to play this movie right. It would start and stop. It would just randomly start and stop halfway through the movie. Hmm. And uh, we get to the very end of it. And this particular theater, again, is not maintained very well. Hmm. And none of the curtains worked in any of the theaters. Okay. And just right to the final scene, right, right to the cut for the credits, the curtains just slammed closed like three feet. Huh. Whoa. And just freaked us out. <laughs> That's awesome. And what had happened was the movie actually came from another theater and it still had the cues on the end of it to close the curtains. <laughs> and some <laughs> fluke freak of nature had actually worked for once. That's awesome. That's hilarious. So, I've got all kinds of after hours stories, but that's my favorite one actually sitting in a movie watching. That's creepy and, as hell. Yeah. So the rest of the night we're going around cleaning theaters like, you know, what was that? What just happened over there? <laughs> It's too bad it wasn't like an actual scary movie or something. Yeah. I know. That, that would have made it better, but I don't know. We were having a good time with it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, as a side note, what did you think of Gamer? Um, for what it was, it was kind of terrible. <laughs> but, uh, usually when it? people say for what it was, that's usually followed by it was surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. It was, I guess I was expecting better. I thought uh-huh. it was going to be pretty good. Gotcha. And I thought they had a good idea behind it, you know, something different, something yeah. I thought would be enjoyable. No, <laughs> I, I agree. I think last I checked, I think Mike was. Are you are you a fan of that movie, Mike? I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Okay, I, I like it. I own it on DVD because uh, I blind bought it 
and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I just I I hated it so much. It felt like it was kind of written by like a like a fourteen year old who who just does played a lot of video games. Yeah. and said I can make a movie exactly. And in the, in the uh, the whole part where he drinks vodka and then throws up into the gas tank to drive away was like really. Um, <laughs> I think that's how it happened, but. I don't know, but yeah, I I could not <laughs> stand that movie. Don't knock it till you tried it. <laughs> I don't know. I personally won't rewatch it just because I feel like it'll taint the story now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who saw that movie in theaters, and he listed as one of the one of the only movies he's walked out on. Oh, wow. uh, and he walked out not because it was bad, but because uh, he was sad at how accurate it depicted the future. And how he thought we were all going to be lazy and and sex crazed, huh. uh, uh, we're, we're all just going to live through. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're all going to live through avatars. That that bummed huh. him. Out. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, that kind of reminds me of uh, seeing the trailer for uh, um, Transcendence. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other thing. Anyway, um. Uh, uh, Mike, how about you? Do you have a what, what's yeah? What's oh, is that it for you, Craig? Yeah, that's good. Okay. okay. Um, man, I when you said we were doing this, I got super excited, and then I got super bummed thinking about how many awesome movie experiences I had, mm-hmm. uh, and how it's going to be difficult to pare it down to two or or maybe three if we have time. Right. Um, I wish I could remember my first movie, but I can't. I only know that it was uh, The Little Mermaid because my mom told me. Um, I vividly remember watching Hook, which is my brother's first movie in 1991, and he fell asleep, but there's not really much more of a story than that. Uh, so I would be remiss if I didn't mention Star Wars Episode Three. Okay. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Nice. Uh, it's kind of an obvious one, and probably an even more memorable experience is the uh, is my bachelor party, but we've kind of gone at length with that, so... so. I'll skip that for now. But Star Wars Episode Three, of course, came out in the summer of 2005. Um, I I'd been a Star Wars fan since I was 10 years old, um, loved it, and then Episode Two came out, and I was really bummed. So I kind of forgot about how much I loved Star Wars. Uh, and then in September, the the DVD box set came out, and I remember being so hyped up for Star Wars Episode Three and just seeing. Uh, all the trailers and and everything about it that looked so much better than episode two. I just, I I couldn't wait. And it also, you know, the whole world thought at that point that that was the last bit of star Wars we were going to get ever again, which of course we know is not true. Um, so I was super excited for it. Uh, and like as summer was coming and it was my senior year of high school and, I was more excited that summer was coming so I could see Star Wars Episode Three than I was for anything else that the summer brought. And and even wow. perhaps more excited uh, than starting my freshman year of college. Wow. Um, maybe because I was worried about having to live with a roommate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so the a couple weeks before... Uh, the movie started, or the movie, the movie premiered, the midnight showing. Uh, I I had been working at Culver's for a couple of years, and my boss, uh, I'll, I'll name drop him here, Frank Spinopoulos, uh, is married to um, a woman whose brother owns the theater in Corydon, Indiana. Nice. And so uh, he decided that he was going to 
buy tickets for everybody at Culver's who wanted to go and and kind of have like a Culver's uh, type little mini party at at Star Wars Episode Three. And so he got a bunch of tickets and even told me he was like, "This is the first ticket sold in Corydon, and I want you to have it." So nice. he gave me the, which is incredibly geeky and and doesn't <laughs> matter at all. But I I like the idea of having the first ticket sold in Corydon, Indiana. So uh, the night came finally, and he was like, "But I have bad news for you. You're going to have to work till close," which <laughs> was like at ten thirty. Um, luckily, I got someone to work for me. I went to the, I went home and showered, went to the theater, and it was a party like no other midnight showing I had ever experienced in my life. And I've been to plenty. Um, we all brought our lightsabers. And again, I was 18 (laughs) years old and, uh, a a friend of mine, Dustin, well, Dustin, who was on uh, the podcast a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we put on a full choreographed lightsaber fight, uh, (laughs) in, in the front of the theater for everyone. Um, and we received uh, uh, quite a bit of applause. I, I wonder if it was like applause that we stopped. But it was also <laughs> a, a room full of nerds who, who probably did the same thing. They just weren't brave enough to do it in front of a bunch of people. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, the movie started and I just remember thinking, man, this is the last time I'll ever see The Crawl. And I remember um, just when they, tr- they go to save Palpatine. Uh, and they go to Grievous's ship and just all the lights. And I was like, this is like no Star Wars I had ever seen. Uh, I remember my brother sat next to me. And I think my friend John sat uh, on my other side and just like looking at each other every time something amazing happened. Uh, and when toward the end of the movie, when when Obi-Wan tells Anakin, you were my brother, you were meant to bring balance to the force, not not destroy it. Um, and <laughs> Dustin cried. I remember looking at Dustin cry- and he was crying and I was like, that's, that's a little too intense. Um, <laughs> and so the movie ended and of course we, w- I went to bed at around three, three thirty in the morning. And, uh, I remember the next day at school when like after silent reading, our teacher said, well, I know everybody in this class who went to star Wars cause everybody who did, uh, was sleeping during silent reading, but I, I didn't care. It was, it was probably, um, up to that point, certainly my favorite movie experience of my entire life. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, that's. Cool. I, I also remember going to the midnight showing of yeah. uh, Episode Three, and there were lightsaber battles going on before the show where I was uh-huh. at as well. It was pretty that's cool. Awesome. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Princess Leia is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful time. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. It was. I loved it. I. It's. I can't wait for uh, I can't wait for episode seven because I just I just hope it's similar. Uh, you know, I, I live in a different area uh, of the state now, so I, I probably won't get to see it with my friends I, unless I take the day off the next day. I don't know. Um, I, I just wish that I could recreate that for for episode seven. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Good story. Yeah. Thank um, you, Tiny. How about you? What's your first uh, theater experience? Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is back in 2002. Um, it was like a kind of an unofficial double date with one of my best friends nice. and uh, these two girls. We went to see a little movie called Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was like opening weekend, like Saturday night at a huge theater. And so it was just packed. And we were all in the theater and it was like 10 minutes before the movie started. And 
there was this group of kids like up in one of the corners, like the top top left corner of the theater, and there was probably like fifteen of them. And they, when I say kids, I mean they were probably like anywhere from twelve to fifteen years old. Uh, probably too young to be seeing the movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, realistically. But um, you know, Eminem was like a phenomenon back then. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. just you couldn't go two feet in any high school without hearing something about him. So uh, everybody wanted to go see the movie. And so these kids were all there and they were just talking so, so, so loudly Uh, and just all, it was like, it was like being in a school cafeteria and they were just like getting up and walking around and uh, just being loud as loud as hell, just like the rudest you could possibly be. But we all just kind of ignored it because like the movie hadn't started yet. Um, but like I said, it was packed in there. And so the previews start, and we're watching the previews, and these kids are still kind of talking a lot, and it's annoying. <laughs> and right before the movie starts, these kids are still just going on, and this dude in the middle of the theater stands up, turns around, and he goes, Hey, shut the f- up. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just, in the whole theater just went into thunderous applause. That's and awesome. For the rest of the movie, those kids didn't make a sound. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's it great. was really great. Yeah. And that guy and then, was Eminem. What's that? And that guy was Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Yeah. No. Yeah, I drove to Detroit to see the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then of course you know that we all watched the movie, and fifteen-year-old me was like, "Oh, it was so great! It was awesome." <laughs> um, and then. As the famous credit song played, everyone in the theater was singing along to it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fantastic. It, it was, seems, it was uh, dorkier than a couple of nerds having lightsaber battles. <laughs> yeah, Psh, whatever. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, I'm waiting for the nice. sequel. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> Michael Shannon is in Eight Mile. He is in Eight Mile. That blows my mind a little bit. I just it remember is. that. Um, and uh, the the actress, um, Brittany Murphy. Wow. Brittany Murphy, Murphy is, yeah. is dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer with us. <laughs> right. That just sounded so like I, I thought I was expecting you to say the actress uh, was in it or whatever. No, <laughs> you're just like no, oh, she's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the actress is in it is dead. <laughs> yeah. Also, Kim Basinger is his mom, right? Or Batman right. Yeah. Who is awful in everything. <laughs> I hate her so much. Except LA Confidential. Yeah. You know, I only saw it once, and, and I can't remember her, but... I what about I... Wayne's World? Wayne's she World? Wayne's World? Yeah. She's the, uh, the, the girl that he... that uh, Garth bumps into when he's doing laundry. And oh, she's like really Wayne's hot. World 2. Oh, is that the second one? I can, I yeah. can, it's been so yeah, long yeah. since I've seen those. I mean, she's alright, but that's a comedy, and so you're, you're allowed to laugh at her. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Cellular? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh jeez, she's terrible. Uh, yeah, she's not that great. I'll, I'll be yeah. honest. Cellular, starring future Captain America Chris Evans. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't own that on DVD or anything. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I guess I guess it's my turn. Um, uh, I hesitate to really tell this story because I mean it's kind of it's kind of a personal story, but I mean eh. all the more reason why you must. Uh, yeah, uh, Tiny knows the full story of this. 
So and soon so will we. And soon so will everyone. I I don't I don't care. The parties involved don't don't listen to this podcast. But I saw uh, <laughs> uh, Gravity at an antique kind of theater in a small podunk town in Indiana uh, called the Damn Theater. In wow, what is that town called? Versailles. Vers- no, 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 no. That was no. It's. That Wait, was what? nearby the town. Um, oh. This is a different small town. Um, I'm going to actually... Look That's up. right. The towns are so small that you have to go to a whole other town to watch a movie. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah. So I was visiting a, a, a friend in, <laughs> in a town in Indiana, and uh, we went to the Dam Theater, which is a theater that I really wanted to go to for... Several, several weeks. And uh, I was really excited because Gravity was playing. So I'll... It was an interesting experience because seeing that movie, which is a, a, a great movie, a movie that I love. It was Osgood, Indiana. Um, so seeing seeing that movie in, in such an antique setting i guess because because to clarify what the theater is like it was it reminded me slightly of the majestic kind of that old-fashioned kind of uh 50s or or 60s kind of aesthetic Hmm. and it what surprised me was that you when passing by it you wouldn't really think that much of it i mean they have like a big marquee that just says damn theater and then they have like the the window displays for the posters and stuff, and they have like one uh, box office that's just right off the street, um, kind of the old fashioned kind of setup for a theater. And they have one screen, and they're only open on the weekends. And you kind of go in, and you, I was my expectations for it was that it would be a small, or kind of a kind of a rundown kind of theater, kind of struggling kind of thing. But man, that that theater, like the the auditorium of it, was just really. It must have been re redone, um, remodeled fairly recently because it looked just pristine. It was really cool because the it's it's independent of other chains, I believe. So it's not it's not a chain or, or part of a franchise or anything. So all of the before movie advertisements were all for local businesses of the town and all that, which I thought was really cool. That's how it is in Corydon. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Um, maybe, maybe get obsessed if you were on there anyway. Um, (laughs) uh, and then seeing it was really cool. There, there was some personal issues with the actual viewing experience, but that's more of a personal thing. Uh, he had diarrhea. Yeah. Diarrhea of the feelings, Mike. No <laughs> details. No, 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 no. It was just, it was just, you know, uh, a yeah. experience. But <laughs> oh, that's bad phrasing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. It's explain perfect it. phrasing. It is. Yeah. Uh, the situation that happened. There was an altercation in the theater between me and my friend, and it was annoying and aggravating. But it did not overshadow the antiqueness or or the or the specialness of the viewing experience at the damn theater because the theater was actually very 
lovely. Like there was balconies and stuff and Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um like a velvet um or like or like a velvet rope kind of take uh separating the balcony stairs and stuff. Um it was just it was a really kind of high class kind of environment in this kind of small small town that didn't really have much going on around it. So so that was cool. Uh dot com with the the dot com with two M's um is where you can find the theater on the internet. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So there's so, my so- is it more like a playhouse where they do like live shows and then they show movies on the weekends or they primarily do movies? They, I think, I believe they only do movies and it's only on the weekends. I don't even think they're open or anything during oh, wow. the week. Yeah. Uh, the town is like, I mean, it's like a really small, like, I don't, I don't know much about the town of Osgood, but I mean, I know that it's, it's, it's a really, really small town. Like it's, there's like a gas station across the street. And I think a bakery on the other side of the of the building. That's about it. <laughs> and a bunch of houses. Um, and I mean, there's there's surrounding areas that are that have some things uh, to do, I guess. But I mean, it's just this little tiny community with this really awesome theater that I wouldn't even have had any any idea about uh, had I not driven by it. Uh, on my way to other towns. <laughs> that, that's real, really cool to me because, you know, all these little yeah. one-screen theaters are gone and there's so many neat little movie houses like that that are out there. Exactly. It's, it's just neat to hear that there's still one that's operating. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's, it's, really, it's really cool to see because it was, it, was, it was like being kind of transported back to um, kind of the, the glory days of cinema. Um, and it was, it was just a really cool environment to be in. And the movie was awesome because it was my third time, second or third time seeing, second time seeing in the theater, um, seeing gravity in the theater. I ended up seeing it three times. Um, nice. So it's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, Craig, what's your next, uh, story for us? Oh, my next one. Um, whenever, probably the, one of the first big blockbusters that came out when I was working in the theater that I was really excited about um, was the Transformers. Oh, okay. And, yes. of course, then, you know, I actually saw the Transformers. But that's, a, <laughs> that's another story. Right. But uh, the, the bigger movies, whenever they would come out, we would get them at the theater normally a day or two before they would come out, mm-hmm. and we'd all get a chance to sit down and watch them. Well, this particular movie, you know, the Transformers came with Half of the movie locked in its can and the other half not locked. Mm-hmm. And the locked can, they were going, they released the code the actual day that you were supposed to start playing the movie. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And it was the, the first time I'd ever experienced this. It, it happened a couple of times since then. but uh, So I did the logical thing after I couldn't figure out the combination just by trying a couple of things. <laughs> and I called some of the other theaters uh, that we worked with. And I actually got a hold of Josh, which who was at a theater uh, about an hour away, and some mix-up had happened. And the where his uh, his copy was delivered in two cans, and our copy was delivered in two cans. The first half of the movie of mine was locked. <laughs> the 
the first half of his movie was unlocked. So oh, nice. I, I drove the Transformers half of it an hour away. <laughs> and then we put it together like a week before it was supposed to even come out and <laughs> stayed late and watched it that night. That's and, awesome. And that's one of those stories. This is really the first time I've been telling it kind of publicly. <laughs> nice. It's just been long enough now. <laughs> that's awesome. But wow. it was a really Hopefully. good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a probably 15, 20 people there watching it with us. <laughs> it was just a really good time. That's fantastic. That is really cool. That's awesome. But one of the perks I really miss was, you know, watching the movies like that. Right. But, uh, after that, we kind of figured out how to get the locks undone other ways without <laughs> breaking them. I don't know why they put locks on them. It, it, it was really more of an incentive to open it. Yeah. <laughs> than oh, a wow. deterrent, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I'm jealous I never worked at a movie theater. I always wanted to. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I worked at Culver's and Culver's always paid so much better than the Corbin cinemas. That's <laughs> was what I heard. And conditions were horrible. I wouldn't really recommend it. I would recommend making friends with someone that works at a movie theater. That is yeah, definitely the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, with me, I, like I said, I only worked for about four months in, in the theater. And it, it was just, I didn't like it. I, I loved being able to see movies for free, obviously. I mean, that was the biggest draw to it. Um, but just the, the working conditions, the pay, it, was, it just wasn't really that fun. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was really not an enjoyable experience. But I mean, if, if pay is the issue, I mean, you save so much money just being able to see the movies for free. Yeah. Um, which is actually a stat that I'm tracking this year. <laughs> um, how much money? Yeah, how, how much you're spending on movies? I saw that. Yeah, this this month in March, I spent like close to two hundred bucks. Wow! Uh, just on well, there, there's it's that's kind of a loaded thing. Um, it's not like only only movie theater stuff. It's it's like movies plus DVDs, Blu-rays, stuff like that. And I had bought some stuff that because I was going to go to a convention. So that's why I spent so much money. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's in <laughs> Cincinnati, which is where the convention was. But um, Mike, how about you? What's your next uh, story? All right. My next one uh, is is going to be kind of a combo. I, I want to talk about the, the couple of times I saw The Dark Knight in theaters. Nice. Uh, the first one was at midnight. And uh, I remember it as like the last huge midnight movie I can remember. Like the last one that really, really, really mattered. Uh, one that was as big or comparable at least to Star Wars Episode Three is The Dark Knight. Nothing really since then has been that huge. Not even The Avengers, surprisingly enough. Wow. Um, so The Dark Knight was kind of a big deal for me. We, you know, we went to the theater and it was at midnight and they, they, there were so many people there. They ended up, you know, opening a couple extra screens to show it. And that was a really cool experience. My favorite though, was the second time I went to see it. And, uh, I, I saw it with just my dad. So it was my dad, me. And then, uh, I know for sure one other woman in the theater 
and then there might have been one or two others. But we'll say there were no more than five people in the theater, including my, my dad and myself. And my dad is a loud movie watcher. <laughs> okay, he, he, likes to, uh, he likes to do his own commentary when he watches a movie. And so, you know, anything that explodes or anything that gets punched you will elicit a vocal response from my dad. <laughs> Probably the best was, uh, I don't know, I guess three quarters of the way through the film when they, uh, using practical effects, flip the semi. Yeah. You know the scene I'm talking about where oh, yeah. uh, shortly after they're driving around Lower Wacker Avenue in Chicago and, uh, and Batman is chasing him on the bat pod uh, the Joker on the bat put in the semi and then he does a little figure eight kind of deal and, and racks up the wheels with, with a tow cable uh, mm-hmm. and then using the brilliant, brilliant practical effects actually flips the, uh, the semi. Yeah. Well, when it happened and I, and I was anticipating my dad to react. Like I, I know his triggers. I know when he's going to say something again, it's maybe five people in this theater, including the two of us. <laughs> And he flips the theater, and my dad goes, Oh, shit! <laughs> At the top of his lungs. <laughs> and that's how I reacted to it. And, and I was just like, Dad, you can't. You're ruining this lady's Dark Knight experience. <laughs> oh, but it was, it was kind of endearing. I mean, I loved him for it. It was, it was hilarious. But it was, uh, it was certainly a memorable theater experience. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that story. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so am I up? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. your turn, Tony. All right. Um, this one coincidentally also involves me seeing a movie with my dad. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was very uh, personal because, well, obviously because it was me and my dad, but... Um, my dad and I have pretty similar tastes in uh, movies, and he recommends a lot of stuff to me, like from when he was younger, and like stuff that I maybe haven't even heard of. And I watch him like, "Oh man, it was so great!" So me and my dad are on the same wavelength in that sense. But uh, one area that we differ, a conversation we've had many times, is the Alien franchise. Ooh, I, yeah, I think the original is the superior film. Mm-hmm. I love the original. It's in my top twenty. Uh, but my yeah. yeah, but my dad prefers the James Cameron sequel, Aliens. Okay. He thinks it's the superior film, and so we've debated it several times. And it's always friendly, of course. We're never like, "No, you're stupid. You're nuts." It's, no, that's, it's, it never goes there. But right. So finally, we have this opportunity for a new debate a couple years ago when Prometheus comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's supposed to be like a prequel or Bria, I don't know, something. Right. <laughs> and so uh, it just so happened that my dad had retired like a few months before that movie came out. And so he was, he enjoyed his retirement for about a year and he didn't work and just kind of got into some hobbies and stuff. And so I would go see movies like during the, during a weekday, during like a matinee or whatever. And so... I was going to see Prometheus and he just joined me and I was like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. And it was, nothing was especially noteworthy about it except that it was 
me and my dad kind of bonding over this thing that we've been debating since like I was a teenager and <laughs> and uh my dad doesn't do real well with gore and violence and Prometheus was especially violent even in the context of the alien franchise. <laughs> um and so it was funny to see him like wince and go like oh during the movie. It was really funny. Um it was just nice that we and then like on the ride home we were talking about it and like how all the references to the original and stuff it was it was just a cool experience that's yeah. awesome nice yep. very cool um, yeah that's cool i know that you uh I, rem- I remember you telling me that there like all the debates that you and your dad have had over that so that's really cool yep um i guess m- m- go it ahead, looks go. like we've got time for another round yeah i think so yeah yeah uh we're at about 40 minutes so we'll be good um, my next, or I guess this will be my last uh, story is, uh, actually tiny was there back in, I think it was, uh, t- 2012 in December, 2012. Um, he and I went and saw, um, the polar express in 3d at the <laughs> IMAX theater. Uh, we went with our friend Molly and what makes it unique and and funny is first of all this is like the second time we had gone to see a movie at that theater and both times the first time was uh we went and saw the dark knight rises and both times we were kind of not late getting there at least uh for the polar express we weren't late but there was such a large amount of people there that we were forced to sit pretty much in the front row um, Ugh. which I mean, in an IMAX, like a true, like seven seventy 70 millimeter IMAX screen, that's massive. Um, plus 3d, it kind of isn't the optimal city seating position, but I digress there. But, um, so we're, we're sitting there and we're watching it. And what's funny is that on like the ride home, our friend Molly, who had, who had never seen the polar express, she, she was kind of mad because, Apparently, like, there was a little kid right behind her who kept spoiling the movie, like, throughout the whole movie, like, <laughs> talking and explaining what's going on, <laughs> which has made me laugh a lot because, like, one of the things was, like, she was, like, saying that, um, spoiler alert for the Polar Express, but uh, when when he has the ticket punched by Tom Hanks's character as the conductor at the end of the movie, like, and it's it's concealing like what it actually says, and like I guess a little kid behind behind Molly was like, "It's gonna say believe." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I just thought that was that was funny that <laughs> at the first viewing of that for our friend was was spoiled by a kid that was spoiling the entire movie. Um, yeah, and they they had a promotional thing where any kids who were wearing their pajamas to the showing could get in for free. Yeah. And so there were all these families and like say there's 400 people in the theater, like 200 of them were kids under yeah. the age of like 10 probably. <laughs> so yeah. it was just packed with children and then me and Matt, two grown men, and our friend Molly was kind of we kind of stuck out a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> and not weird or anything. Oh not no, not all, weird no. at all. Um, <laughs> although you can make the argument that like that's kind of weird for them to say. Oh well, you know, if you if you if the kids wear pajamas, they get them for free. That's a that's a creepy thing to 
that's a creepy promotion to sort of put forth. I would think. Yeah. Um, Not if it's supposed to be for families. Yeah, but pajamas. Yeah. I don't get that really. Our, our local theater just did a similar promotion for uh, Frozen, where oh, any really? anyone dressed like princess could get in for free. See Aww. that I get. And, but they put pictures on Facebook, and there was one little boy there dressed up as a pirate, <laughs> just because he wanted to dress up too. Huh. <laughs> That's, That's cool. great. Um, Another thing during that viewing, um, all, all of course the kids were talking because kids talk and yeah. they never stop. Um, right. <laughs> and so all the kids were. It was in 3D, and you know it's the really awesome 3D that we have now. And uh, and all the kids were commenting on it like, oh, it's like the snow is falling on us, and <laughs> right. and it's like I can, it's like I can grab the present. <laughs> and, uh, and whoa, that's pretty existential. Yeah. Oh, you mean the gift? I can grab the gift. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mike! <laughs> you should have turned around and said, oh, wow. "Would that I could have grabbed the present when I was your age." Don't ever let go. Nice. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! God. Oh wow! But uh, so all these kids were making these comments, and so freaking Matt. Uh, at one point, this lady who was in our aisle, like down a couple seats down from us, got up and she had to leave. And she like walked right in front of us, and Matt leaned over to me, and he's like, "Oh my God, it's like that lady was right in front of us." <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you dork. <laughs> <laughs> so I laughed really loud. <laughs> wow. I yeah. yeah. Um, it was funny. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, that so that was that was an, that was a fun experience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the movie. I, I I'm a huge fan of the Polar Express. Yeah, it's uh, so it's cool to see that in that setting. And that theater is just so awesome because it's like the only 70 millimeter uh, IMAX screen in the state. It's like the largest screen in the state. Also, um, it's, yeah, it's just, like three times three times larger than a normal screen. Yeah, it and it's so cool. Yeah, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. kind of keeping so, with, I guess, the kids' movie theme, mm-hmm. uh, my next memorable experience is going to be the night the open season premiered. <laughs> so it's just myself and one other person uh, working at the theater this particular night. And, I mean, everyone else had called off or, you know, just pretty much didn't want to come to work. Jeez. <laughs> Pretty bad experience, but (laughs) there's kids everywhere screaming their heads off. There's pissed off parents, you know, their popcorn's not right or something. And right in the middle of all this chaos, I mean, probably 50, 75 people lined up at the concession stand still. Someone comes out of the screen for Jackass 2 and says, hey, there's some kids movie playing in here. (laughs) And I was like, well, kids movie? And... I really didn't think much of it. And then, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, wait a second. If kick, the kids movie's playing in there, oh, where's no. Jackass? Oh, <laughs> I got I it stopped just in time. But it was getting ready to be ugly. Really, oh, really ugly. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Which Jackass movie? Uh, I believe it would have been Jackass 2 at that time. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was... Uh, kind of a race up the steps to, to yeah. shut it off. And basically there was just a miscommunication between where it was supposed to be and where the, where it actually was. And jeez, 
But uh, I could have just imagined all the parents <laughs> that would have been upset. Oh, that's awesome. I had a similar kind of experience as a viewer on the viewer side of things uh, in the Speedway Shopping Center, which is like a long stretch of a shopping center pretty much. There used to be like a little dollar cinema with like two screens. And way, way back in the day, um, I went to see Liar Liar with my brother there and uh, and ended up playing Anaconda, uh, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. <laughs> Classic, yeah, but but that had actually it had happened before at one of the other theaters that I'd worked at with uh, not another teen movie. I can't oh, remember nice. what the kids' movie was. Oh no, that one actually made it about five minutes in. Oh, oh, in the first five minutes, and not another teen movie is not something kids should see. No, not at all. At <laughs> all. If you guys don't remember, it's where she has the the vibrator. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just remembered. It. I wasn't. I wasn't personally involved in that one, but I heard the story you know, several oh, times. <laughs> that's. I would not want to work in the theater in that, on that day. All those pissed off no. parents. That must have been hell. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, cool, cool. Uh, so, Mike, what about your next story? My turn. Man, there's so many. It's hard. It's hard to leave some behind. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll talk about when I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show in 2008. Nice. Um, now, of course, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I th- I think predates me. You know, when it originally came out in theaters. Um, so I saw it in 2008 and again in 2009 at the Mesker Park Amphitheater in Evansville, Indiana. They do midnight showings on the first weekend in October. Uh, and you know, it was, it was, of course it predates me. It was, uh, going to midnight showings was something my mom used to do in, in her late teens, early twenties. Uh, and so I had always heard how fun it was to go to Rocky Horror Picture Show and I, I had never actually seen the movie, uh, before I went to to see it for the first time, and uh, we decided to dress up because yes. you you do that you cosplay right. and you go to it's not even really cosplay in that sense it's mostly just dress up like a slut night. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really what it's for. Uh, um, but we decided, of course, to to go as as uh, accurate as we could to the characters. And uh, the girl I was dating at the time, she and I went as Brad and Janet. In, in just our underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and I wore uh, tidy whities and, and glasses and nothing else. Huh. Awesome. Um, it was really, really awesome. It was, it, we, we were like celebrities going in there. I mean, people want, because we had, there were like six of us, uh, and we pretty much had the, the main cast rounded out as far as people in costumes. So that was really cool. Um, the movie itself was amazing and I had a blast watching it and I loved participating, but I'll, the thing I'll never forget was getting ready for it uh, and how ridiculous we all looked. And my friend Jeff played uh, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> and so I'll never forget. And, and he'll probably never forget the, I, I had to help him put his makeup on and uh, connect his garter strap to his fishnet stocking. <laughs> and I just remember 
how delicately I did that and just my middle finger brushed his upper thigh <laughs> and thinking, <laughs> I'm going to be a teacher in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh and so we went and that was a fantastic moment we shared and we joke about it all the time. I went again the next year, but I never dressed up again and it was just a blast. It was just a really, really fun experience. I get it, I get cosplay, I get dressing up and, and the participation was really fun. Nice. Unforgettable experience. So the first weekend in October and you were in your underwear, that must have been a little Yeah, it was cold. Well, uh, I, I will yeah, also yeah, be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, shortly after the movie started, I, I put some clothes on. Okay. But we got there. But we got there at like 930. And the movie and the show didn't start until midnight. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. wow. Yep. Huh. I've never seen Might, might have been Horror. 10. Hmm. I've never seen it. You've never Horror seen it? Sure. No. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, much we could about go it. as Brad and Janet if you want. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think they do. I don't know. They definitely don't Mesker Park Amphitheater anymore. Oh, but, really? Uh, I, I don't know if they, they still do it anywhere. They used to uh, do like a weekly thing here in Speedway at the at the. Speedway Theater that I referenced uh, about Liar Liar and stuff. But obviously that, that theater's gone now, so I mean, they don't do it. But they used to do like weekly like Friday night Rocky Horror Picture Show like every week. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, well, Tiny, do you yeah. want to give your final story? The thing is, I... I have some other ones, but they're just not appropriate at all. Um, really? For multiple reasons. Um, it was kind of funny when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I kind of, the girl I was dating at the time, hated scary movies, just hated them, but was a big movie buff, kind of like me. And so she, like, usually got to pick what kind of movie we were going to watch. And. Finally, she let me pick a movie I wanted to go see, and I picked the movie Saw, which is, like, <laughs> so cruel great. of me to pick. Um, and it was just hilarious because it was, it was like a Friday night, and the theater was pretty packed, and I loved the movie so much. And she was, like, sitting next to me the entire time just, like, grabbing my hand and just hating me. It was hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's just do some potpourri. Um, uh, yeah, this is Potpourri. This is the section where we talk about whatever we want, as long as it smells good. Anything that we're watching or looking forward to. Uh, Mike, how about you kick us off with some Potpourri goodness? Whew, you just busted right into that. I sure did. I I totally relieved all the stress of, I <laughs> can't, I don't, <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I just... This is the last night of spring break, so I got to enjoy some spring break goodness and, and watch some movies and and, uh, and catch up on some things that I wanted to experience. Um, I had wanted for a long time to see the movie Spring Breakers, and I finally did. Nice. Uh, and it was really awful. <laughs> it was really, really awful. It was uh, a big load of pretentious trash. 
Um, I, you know, when I pitched it to my wife, she was like, "Why would I want to watch that?" It, it's you say Spring Breakers, and you look at the cover, uh, and it's a bunch of you know scantily clad, attractive women, and you think it's going to be the type of movie you would have wanted to watch in seventh or eighth grade, right? It is not at all. It's not about that. And I knew that going in that it was going to be more, um, a little more art house than that. It was such pretentious, pretentious trash, though, uh, that it, 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 um, sorry, it was such pretentious trash that it was in great danger of being turned off before I finished the movie. Oh, wow. That is a rare thing for me to do. Um, people raved about how awesome James Franco was, and. He was okay. He was the best part of the movie um, and very much a chameleon. But the rest of it was so ridiculous. It was so repetitive. um, And I won't say much to anybody who wants to watch it. But, of course, the characters were were despicable. um, Mm -hmm. And they were also portrayed despicably and, and acted horribly. It was just a really, really bad experience. And I wish I hadn't watched it. Wow. Hmm. Yep. Tiny, you had kind of a different view of it, didn't you? Sort of. I mean, sort of. It was, yeah, it was It was a bad movie, definitely. Okay. But I thought, I kind of appreciated the aesthetic of it. Um, the way it was filmed, the, the tone of it was not something that I'm really a fan of, but I thought it was kind, kind of well done in a way, to, the way it was filmed. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting super defensive here. That's okay. Um, yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with anything you said because you were absolutely right. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I appreciated a certain aspect of it, um, but for the most part, yeah, just a pretty stupid movie that didn't really need to get made. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Huh. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, Craig, how about you? What do you have for potpourri? Well, this week I rewatched Seven Psychopaths. Oh, nice. nice. I saw it. It's incredible. Just... I love it. Nice. Still haven't seen it. The cast it is... is amazing in that. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It really surprised me. I didn't think it was uh, going to be nearly as good and I guess as intricate as it actually wound up being. Awesome. Um... But, uh, just all the all the little subplots and everything going on during the movie. I, I guess I really like that. You know, kind of gets you paying attention to more than just the main story happening. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Sam Rockwell is great in that. Yes, absolutely. He, he Not looks, that he's ever bad. Right. That's yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um. Nice. Yeah. I I really need to check that out. Um. Yeah, who it's Sam Rockwell, uh Wow. Walken, Colin Farrell. Colin Christopher Farrell. Walken. Yeah, but Christopher Walken's character in the yeah. movie is probably by far my favorite. Nice. But just his little side story is mm-hmm. really it makes the whole movie worth watching. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Okay, cool. Uh Tiny, how about you? What do you got? Um, I watched the movie Delivery Man. The uh, I'm sure a lot of you have forgotten about it. It's the uh, latest Vince Vaughn movie. Um, I went in with expectations to pretty much hate it. I just Vince Vaughn isn't even trying anymore. Um, but it it turned into this this kind of charming little movie. I think there's this there's this exercise lately of trying to make movies that are 
they're you know marketed as comedies and they're they star comedic actors but they turn into this really heartfelt kind of story that's actually really kind of touching and charming um another example would be like the movie uh the switch with jason bateman and jennifer aniston um it's it's this it has to be listed and marketed as a comedy because it has this ridiculous scenario you know like this dude switches out this sperm sample for his girl for his friend who's he's kind of has a thing for and then the vince vaughn movie it's like oh this guy donated sperm like 700 times and (laughs) as a result 500 kids were born you know it's like you can't have that kind of scenario in a movie and have it be like dramatic right (laughs) you know it's just impossible so unfortunately it's kind of hamstrung by that but i think eventually you know by after like a third of the movie or halfway through it turns into this like kind of really touching like heartfelt movie that's like i'm i just enjoy this story i enjoy what these people are going through and how this crazy crazy situation led to a really nice thing um and i think delivery man kind of kind of got there you know it was it was kind of nice the evolution of Vince Vaughn's character was kind of kind of cool how he embraced this role that he was, you know, just unwillingly thrust into. It was uh, it was a, a kind of a touching thing. Not not a great movie. Again, you know, not it didn't get snubbed by the Oscars or anything. But um, <laughs> I think it's it, it it gives you what you want. Sometimes it's an enjoyable movie to watch for for ninety minutes or two hours or whatever. Um, okay, I, kinda, I think it's worth okay. it's worth a watch. Cool. I'm glad to hear it. I it's on my list. Mine too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept meaning to say it, and it seems kind of like a. It feels like a date night movie. Yeah. Um, and I and I keep meaning to to red box it or something. Um, I'm I'm glad uh, your description of it is exactly how I expected to feel about it, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's at least that. Right. Nice. Uh, Kobe Smulders is in it. Kobe oh, awesome. hmm. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is really what made the movie, and like you said, his character development throughout the movie and i don't think they could have picked a better person to portray that character yeah he was great he just fit it perfect i was really skeptical going into it myself Mm -hmm. but it it was uh refreshing nice yeah it it surprised me Mm -hmm. i want to i want to add quickly um i waited to say this because i thought you were going to mention seeing frozen tiny yeah i thought i thought about um which which i know you posted yeah okay fair um so i so i do want to say as of t- this morning uh frozen is now officially the highest grossing animated film of all time and i say it because we had the we had the uh the pixar conversation and i mentioned right. which which was the highest grossing so frozen um from disney is is now the highest grossing animated picture of all time wow it's beat out all the pixar all of them. movies <laughs> man i mean that's yes. cool I, you know it's made over a billion dollars in still yep Wow. Yeah. And wow. I did I did love it by the way. I think I maybe liked it more than you did, Mike. Um uh, maybe I didn't sell it well enough cuz uh, cuz I I loved it. I really did. You want to fight about it? Uh <laughs> no, I'll let you have it. <laughs> but I I didn't mean I didn't mean to slight it at all. It was it was fantastic. I still need to see it. Um, it's it's so reminiscent of the golden age of Disney, okay. and that's what I love about it. I mean, it it ranks up there with Aladdin and The Lion King. Oh wow, Lion, Pocahontas, definitely with it's, a whole new twist a, on it. I'm with a whole new twist, it's that good. It's yeah. at least that good. Nice. 
Yep. As a as a Pixar fanboy, even though it's still in the Disney family or whatever, I'll have to I'll have to go into it with kind of a critical eye. But um, I'm Ugh. looking forward to seeing. It. <laughs> Let it go, Matt. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is it my turn for potpourri? I think that's you. Oh yep. wow! And I'll be running it out. Wow. Um. Well, I've seen, I've been on a tear watching a lot of stuff. Really quickly, I just want to say that I was really excited because I got into a groove where when when House of Cards Season 2 came out, I made the stupid, stupid decision to watch one episode at a time and review each episode on the website. <laughs> so... I would get into this thing where I'd watch one episode of the show that is incredible and meant to be binge watched. Um, and I would have to stop because I would have to write my review and I procrastinate a lot. So a lot of that was like, watch one episode every three, four, eight days. Um, but last uh, couple nights ago, I was like, you know what? I don't really have anything going on. So I would watch an episode, take my notes and then switch over to Game of Thrones, which is something that, like, it's premiering this weekend. Not uh, next weekend. The new season is. So I'm like, I'm going to rewatch this series. And I started season one, like, a long time ago. And I'd finished it a long time ago. And I just never got around to putting in my season two Blu-rays. So I would basically switch off between one episode of House of Cards, make my notes, and then switch over to an episode of Game of Thrones as I write my review. So I cranked out about five reviews of uh house of wow. cards and uh, and i spent pretty much all of the other day just just prepping them and putting them on the site and scheduling them to post so i was like really proud of how productive i was with that i can't uh, believe you're single i you know it's it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> oh. <laughs> i just puckered my butthole it's like, oh no he did uh yes i can't believe i just said puckered my butt <laughs> i can oh yeah. God. uh um, you know it's interesting that you say it's meant to be binge washed is it fair to say then perhaps that perhaps it is meant to only be reviewed as a whole Ooh, that's it's a tough call um i don't I don't know exactly because what and this is part of a bigger discussion about what Netflix is doing with its original programming but I've I've always said like it's kind of destroyed um the water cooler talk um mm-hmm. the kind of like you know the next day you talk about something that you've watched something that was on air it's it's it operates outside of uh the um <laughs> Uh, TV scheduling. So I, th- I think part of that is that I don't, I'm having a lot of, it's really easy to, to review each episode because it's so densely packed with, with, with development and um, moving the story along because it's a, it's a relatively short season. It's, it's comparable to a basic cable or premium cable television season. And then it's like 13 episodes, but they don't have the restrictions of, of television. They don't have to write to commercial breaks. They don't have to write around uh, a block of scheduling. So they can write out pretty much uh, an episode of television that ranges from 46 minutes long to 52 minutes long. Um, so, mm-hmm. th- so they can 
put all of their storytelling into this package of an episode without having to worry about these uh, these other forces um these other obstacles so each episode is is it's not self-contained because it's it's a sprawling story but i think the bigger picture as a whole is something that could be reviewed and and i don't know if it i don't know if it's better to review it like that or better to review it episode by episode and catch all the nuanced things not saying that i have because <laughs> it got to a point where i was like okay this happened here this happened here this happened here in my reviews although still read them on obsessiveviewer.com um so i don't know i don't know how to answer that question um but it's it's an incredible show <laughs> um to say the very least it's it's one of if not the current best show on television it is the best show on tv yeah yeah and it's not even on TV technically. <laughs> um, so that that's that ran ran a little longer than I anticipated, but uh, that's what I watched this this past couple days. I still have three episodes left, so I'm, uh, by the time this posts, I'll probably have watched them. Um, the other thing I watched was in uh, was a movie on Netflix that I had seen. I hadn't seen much about. It. I don't even know if it was really on. Um, in cinemas or, any, or in theaters or anything, but it's called Stuck in Love. It has uh, Greg Kinnear and uh, Nat Wolf, who was uh, one of the good parts of uh, about uh, the movie Admission. But it's it was really good. It was it was about a family kind of um, a family of of who the the patriarch is this. Uh, writer who and his son and daughter are writers and he's in love with his ex-wife and and it's kind of their their troubles and travails and in in love throughout like a year and each each character kind of has their own little story going on but it's kind of this i don't know how else to describe it except it's it's a it's a good movie it's just a good dramatic movie uh with some light humor here and there but it's it got some really good performances. Greg Kinnear, I've always liked him as an actor. Um, and then, uh, uh, wow, what is her name? Uh, Lily Collins plays the daughter, and she was she was really good in it. She plays this uh, this writer who just got published, and she's not very cynical about about love and all that. And her love interest in the movie is played by Logan Lerman. Um, He's awesome. He is awesome. He is, and he was really good in the movie. A little underused, but yeah, uh, pretty good as as a supporting role. Um, Nat Wolf, though, he really impressed me because I I really liked him in Admission, although I felt like he was underused. Um, so it was cool to see him kind of in a bigger, more expanded role. Also, his character is a huge Stephen King fan, which I appreciated as a huge Stephen King fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so check that out. Stuck in Love. It also featured uh, Kristen Bell, which. She's prominently in the like screenshots and stuff that that are on Netflix and on on the DVD and all that. Um, but she her role is very limited, so I kind of wonder if she was like a producer on it or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, so check that out. It was a good movie. Um, cool. Yeah, is that about it? Uh, any any other anything else you guys want to talk about, or should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up. All right, cool. Well, 
Uh, first of all, thank you to Star Tissue for providing the theme music, and thank you to Craig Lane from the Intermission Podcast for joining us. It was great having you on, man. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, um, as always, you can find us on the internet at Twitter. Our respective handles are at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. And Craig, where can we find you on the internet and on Twitters and all that? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Movie Guys Craig. You can find us at our website, MovieGuys.org, and uh, that's where the podcast is also also featured at. And uh, we're on Facebook. You know, all the usual places. Nice, awesome, and definitely check out Intermission Podcast. It's 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 a really good podcast. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook uh, at the Obsessive Viewer, Google Plus, Tumblr, all that stuff. Uh, you can also email us at ovpodcast at gmail dot com. You can email us anything you want, uh, reviews you want us to discuss, or, or movies you want us, movies or topics you want us to discuss, or audio files of your own reviews or whatever you want, and we'll play it for play it for the podcast. Um, I blinked on the rest of it. I meant to make a list of the stuff that I need to talk about in the outro, but I forgot. Classic. Um, yeah. What's what? it? Classic. Yeah, classic. Matt. Classic. Matt. Classic. Yeah. Matt. Um, you know, find us anywhere you want. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can also vote for us for podcast of the month at podcastland.com, and also rate and review us on iTunes. That would help us out a ton. And most of all, just tell your friends about us and uh, spread the word. Um, good word. The good word. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, that about does it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Adios. You would be amazed the number of used condoms you find in a movie theater. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. All the time. What's funny about... Well, funny (laughs) about that is that I I cherished the movie theater. (laughs) It's desecrating my special place. (laughs) <laughs> we always you know, we always tell people throw your trash away. That's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>